Yes, you are in. Learning from financial failure part two. Like I said, one of the best ways to learn, grow off that rich soil, is to learn from others of what didn't work. Thank you for tuning in. Here you go. All right. More dirt. Part two. You know, if you're in farm country, you know uh, a common practice is they, they take the dirt that's rich in soil, but also rich in manure. It, it's interesting how God in nature works in that and becomes the richest of, uh, of soil. So interesting theme. By the way, we're going back to the play of the day, uh, Dr. Loritz. It's just too good. You need to hear it twice. Here you go. The play. The play is of the day. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Swung on and hit in the air to right. <laughs> and that ball is gone. And, and amen. I played high school football. I wasn't great. I was good enough. Like good enough to get some playing time, to not waste my mom and daddy's time so they could actually come watch their boy actually out there on the field. And one of the things that I picked up on very early uh, playing high school football is no matter how great or how awful we played on Friday, we could always expect to sit down for Monday's practice session and review the tape or the film from the previous Friday. I I can still see my coach with the clicker in hand. Uh, rewinding and commenting and rewinding and commenting and rewinding and commenting to the point where I'm like, J- just get it over with. Now, now, now I, I initially thought that, that if we played really bad, if we got beat and not just beat, blown out, we, we wouldn't watch the films. I mean, what, what, what's the purpose of it? And, and I soon discovered that we actually spent more time reviewing those defeats than our actual victories. See, our coach operated from the fundamental principle that in life there are no wasted experiences. That you can learn as much from your tragedies as you do your triumphs. You can learn as much from the mountaintop as you do down in the valley. That again, in life, there are no wasted experiences. Now, that's a word for us because many of us are stepping into 2021 and just kind of wiping the sweat off of our proverbial brow and saying, praise God, 2020 is over. Never want to think about that ever again. But I- So good. So good. You got to hear it twice. Dr. Ritz going back. Same play of the day. Uh, hey, when's that good? Right. Why not? Right. Um, yeah. And again, if you want to hear more of him. One of my favorite voices, uh, uh, Dr. Brian Loritz. That's Brian with a Y. That's the uh, Dr. Uh, Brian Loritz podcast. And uh, that one was published on January 4th, 2020, uh, entitled 2020, the year we should never forget. Okay, moving on, part two in, in, in more dirt. Um, why the daycare tangent? <laughs> it, 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 it ticks some of you guys off, and I... I, I didn't mean to tick you off. I, I'm just speaking truth. And, and, and it was an easier uh, phase in our life. We, we, it was a simpler life uh, on one income, and it worked. And it, it was one of the best times, best chapters of my life. Um, it, 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 and what, what's for me is, I mean, uh, listen, it, 
we, we all have our past. I have my issues. I have my flaws. And, and that's the point I was trying to get across that, uh, we just try to keep earning more and, and why, well, why do we go from one income to two incomes just to have a bigger house? Um, anyway, it, it's something seriously to ponder. And, and, and for those that I, I've just seen it, the ones that have a ton of money and, and they're both working, um, they still fight. They still end up being divorced. I, I, I just, money doesn't solve it. And if it did, Bezos would still be married of amazon.com. Right. So, okay. Back to my dirt. Um, all right. Recap. So we talked about the great recession, 08, 09. Some of you were much better stewards or had a regular corporate job and, and whether that just fine had didn't really think much about it. Some of you are younger and, and just didn't experience. I have no idea what that was. And again, I'd recommend you watching the movie, The Big Short. Uh, very well done. Um, a great, crucial history lesson. And and uh, we, we ended on a, a bit of a sour note. But uh, listen, I the, the banks, the big banks, too big to fail, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, Citi, General Motors, AIG, so many more. If you want to look into it and research it, Google it. Um, they got billions. They just to get a few billion. I mean, it, I'm talking 15 billion, 25 billion. It, it was substantial. And then I ended on the note of, but not no bailout for this total fool. And yeah, I really, I, I, I could be sour on that still. And, and I could get, I can, I can get caught up in that, but true truth. I could have been a better manager myself. And if I hadn't put my head in the sand, if I didn't keep wanting more, I've been in a much better spot to, to weather that storm. And Matt 7, 24 through 27, it does. It talks about, it's not if, it's when the storms come. And, and, and are you ready for them? So again, pause and further film review. I, I went from sole provider with a very comfortable living to owning and borrowing for a lot of crap. And after the Great Recession, I went to about 50% of the cash flow to cover it. By the way, that includes my wife's job. Worse yet, when times got tough, I neglected finances. I don't know if you're like me. So if, you're, if you are, then you're not alone. And, and if you're not, God bless you. But I put my head in the sand. Whatever you're struggling with, if that's what you do, addiction, whatever it is, I, I, I just I, I, I can't explain it more than that. I put my head in the sand and my ignorance and recklessness almost destroyed our marriage. In fact, I, to be true, tr uh, again, open and honest, I'm still not out of the woods yet. The rest of the story will be shared someday. And for now... Then I had to make some painful changes, and my my wife, Lori, choosing to stick with me for poorer in this day and age, that is not easy. You may even say it is rare. And like I said before, even even the richest couple in the world divorced, um, Bezos and Amazon.com. When I have my A game. I'm going to repeat that. When I have my A game, I give thanks for her every day. And then I'll ask her, what can I do for you today? 
for those that know Lori, she is a beautiful woman. And this was not her fault. And she easily could have divorced me and found a much wealthier man that could give her that big house and new vehicle. So again, more review. Mark my words. If Lori and I didn't have Jesus Christ as our foundation, all those Sunday sermons and our our, our blessed couples, small group, we would not be married today. And again, if you haven't read it, go back and check out Matt 7, 24 through 27. So for, for those versed and deeper, you know the Bible. The owner's manual says, if you are in debt, you are slave to the lender. Check Proverbs 22, 7. It says, well, the NIV version, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. And if you're listening to this and you have loans and you're doing pretty well, learn from me in my past. I did not feel like a slave. And you don't feel like a slave when times are good and you can pay everything monthly and have surplus left. Try missing some payments. I mean, what if a storm came and suddenly cut your income in half? And if you're good, man, good for you. But for most of us, try missing some payments. Compound interest can be a bitch. And that you don't own jack squat. Trust me on that. You'll hear from them in a couple months when you miss. So pause, film review again. For those striving to save and give more, compound interest rates can be your best friend or your worst enemies. You ever notice which buildings are the tallest in your cities? Whose names are on the majority of the stadiums? Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chase, etc. All fueled by the power of compound interest rates that drive your loans. And as long as you pay your bills, oh, they'll lend you more. FICO, all that is about uh, the credit rating that you have and how well you do. And the higher you are, the more, more likely they're going to loan you more, just like they did me. Once upon a time, my FICO score was incredible. More money for them when you borrow, less money for you. And by the way, if you think this is some side tangent or, or, or hate of financial institutions, wrong. Some of you work for them. I sell to some of them. I'm just saying, just be wise of the power of compound interest rates both ways and understand that the banks are in the business to make money from you. And the more you borrow, compound interest rates can build you a health scraper. That's the only word I could come up with. I, I, I don't know. Skyscraper goes the other way. Well, Hell scraper goes the other way. So ponder that one. Added reflection. For many of you, you were smart. 
you were and still aren't spending like a crackhead that found a bag of money. And you weathered 2008 through 2010 like a champ. So question, if you have kids, are you teaching your kids what to do? Because it's puzzling to me that our schools teach pottery yet neglect personal finance. If your kids, honestly, I didn't learn it very well, did I? If your kids push back on you, have them listen or, or read this. So back to my mess, my dirt. For the record, I didn't foreclose. I, I did burn through my surplus and savings. And guess what? I, I started using all those credit cards that the bank so, so gladly gave me and, and credit lines and cards and ended up maxing them out. Thinking naively, things would just magically correct themselves. And I suppose the American way would be to file bankruptcy. I, I didn't do that either. I, I just couldn't. My foolish ways dug this hole or built this Mount Everest of debt. And I went from feeling I was on top of that Mount Everest to looking up at it in distress. It was my mistake to correct. So what do you do when you need to correct? Humbly, I needed to repent. Uh, yeah, I needed to correct my ways and mistakes. I've apologized probably a million times to, to, to my God. And yeah, I know you only need to do a few times, but it's just my heart crying out. Um, apologize to my wife to more times than I can count. But let's go back to God. I was clearly not getting God involved enough with each purchase. It was, it was my heart. I want my desire. I was not being a good manager of the jobs and money with which he blessed me. I, I wasn't tithing properly. And I, and I needed to come clean again to my wife that I was a fool for neglecting the finances at the toughest of times and making her own it. I begged for mercy, grace, and forgiveness. So we made a plan and started selling my treasured earthly possessions. Well, slowly but surely. Thanks be to God, uh, I have made progress. And knowing two mortgages were, were too much and at a breaking point, I, I prayed. I prayed to God. I said, you know, which one do I sell? Do I sell my dream lake house or, or, or the place in California? And two days after that prayer, I had an unsolicited offer on the lake place. I didn't have it listed. Sigh. Ah, okay. Humble pie. We sold my lake dream. So fast forward, humbly, I'm still paying off some of these debts, including taxes. And technically, I may be at base camp three or, or four of my own, my uh, Mount Everest of uh, debt elimination. And 2020 was supposed to be my debt for a year. But that was my plan. And, and God didn't tell me that or, or, or reveal it in a dream 
And to be frank, I'll need a miracle probably to accomplish that this year. But God clearly says, I'm not done yet. And maybe better sharing this is part of, of my healing. So that'll put a cap on, or a pause on uh, my 600-pound debt life, part two now. So there will be a part three. And if you're learning from this, if you're so inspired, if something's resonated, uh, again, please feel free to share it. And actually, if you want to jump ahead and read the rest of it, what's about to be broadcasted, you can go to frydudes.com. It's already on the blog. Uh, But anyway, stay tuned. Stay tuned and hear your questions. For your next date night or couple time or small group couples time, number one, do you operate off a budget? Do you tell your money where to go and how much? Or do you check your balance and wonder where it all goes? Pause and reflect. Number two, do you review finances as a couple weekly? If not, how about monthly? And are you on the same page and mutually approve any purchase over $100? Pause and reflect. Number three, Look up Matthew 7, 24 through 27 and read it together. And what are your storms thus far? Which ones have tested your marriage? And which teachings is Jesus talking about that help keep your marriage on that rock foundation? And which ways of the world put your marriage on that sandy, weaker foundation? So, again, I know I always seem to load up on the last question, but you, know, you can always rewind and review it again. But give that a look, discuss it. It'll be, um, it'll be especially excellent for, for a group conversation. All right, now go, serve, love one another, keep working at it. Marriage can be very hard. It is for everyone at a certain seasons in life. So don't let that disillusion you. Keep going. Keep loving each other. Keep working at it.